to talk about what just happened. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Now brought back in by Dreisaitl. He's with McDavid. Dreisaitl in. Scores! A pass for McDavid. And I think he just did get a piece of it to win the game for Edmonton. You can't win them all. Leafs fall 4-3 in overtime. Connor McDavid, ho-hum the winner. Part of a 3.2 goal night. It's time for Leafs Nation postgame here on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Nick Alberga, joined alongside Gord Stelic on Twitter. At the Golden Muzzy, at Gord Stelic. Many thanks to Sam McKee and Josh Santo, excuse me, for their hard work behind the scenes. A 3-0-1 Alberta road trip. They'll take it. Now 7-2-1 through the first 10 games, Gord. Yeah, when you're down two goals, you come back, tie it. So you'll take that point. And also, uh, Joe Bo and Jim Ralph, they got a little bogged down about the McKenzie brothers, I think. But before that, uh, they just said the Connor McDavid overtime goal, it's like an accident scene you can see and you can't stop. Yeah. Like you cannot stop. He is... Uh, he is maybe parallel with you. And then he's just going, it's like that secretariat or whatever. Give me a better modern day racehorse that just takes it, puts it in nice deflection. What, what a wonderful game he had. I mean, you know, same Austin Matthews, others like that, but what a, what a, what a great, great game. Connor McDavid, the best player in the NHL. And he really showed it tonight. He was, he was just wonderful to watch. And uh, that's really all you could do in that, in that overtime goal, Nick. Yeah, sometimes you just got to tip your cap. And again, uh, Edmonton, for the most part, looked like a desperate team tonight, and it showed that way. Uh, they found a way to get that extra point. But I think from the Maple Leafs' perspective, uh, I just think you, you can't win them all in a 56-game season, you know, an 82-game season. Toronto didn't have their best effort. The fact they came out of this game with at least a point, um, and to get that point, and and most of the points, notwithstanding one on this road trip, I thought was pretty impressive overall. But they had, a, they had a tough night. A lot of teams have tough nights against Connor McDavid, though. Yeah, and we talked about this is 10 games now, and every every game has been within one or two goals for yeah. the Maple Leafs. So they, they've done well in close games. And this one, before Connor McDavid's great goal in overtime, that's not the highlight real goal. The highlight real goal is when he deked everyone out of their jock straps, the entire Maple Leaf team, and gave Edmonton a 3-1 lead. And instead of, obviously, momentum in the Oilers' favor, that kind of goal, a two-goal lead, and then the Maple Leafs came back and tied it. You know, bang, bang. And, that, and and to me, that's just what they've been doing really well is not giving up the ghost. Instead of having teams come back against them, uh, they've come back and forced a doti. And William Nylander had the best chance early on. Good on Koskinen. He made a big save in overtime. So that was the first big chance in overtime for either team. It's just disappointing for me, given what Freddie Anderson has been through as a Maple Leaf, that he is not rewarded for just an unbelievable stop with like 10 seconds remaining where the Leafs almost shot themselves in the foot and, and might've left Edmonton without any points tonight. Well, yeah. And he's rewarded the team because he, yep. to your point. Yeah. I mean, boy, Jake Muzzin, what happened? Yeah. And, <laughs> and you can't, fault a guy for blowing a tire for a falling sniper. but you got but you got to have a you got to have a sense of uh like of the peril you're in and just try to try to get the puck like like some little sense like that wow it looked like he was coming in he was going to get a glorious scoring chance with about 15 seconds late muzzin and whatever maybe that's what he's looking at and all of a sudden the most unpredictable possibility happened and freddie came up huge freddie came up huge early freddie came up huge at the end uh first period Maple Leafs had like we think two scoring chances, yeah. and Edmonton had about ten. So uh, he, Freddie Anderson, kept the Leafs in at that point. And I would say too, the last couple games here in Edmonton, more so the you know the matchup we expected, McDavid versus Matthews, high octane offense. I, I think it's a distant memory the first couple games at Scotiabank Arena, Gord. Yeah, yeah, this was it tonight. You know, and, good, and there's going to be more of them. Yeah. Well, that's what you want. That's what you want. And uh, it was a little disappointing that. 
first game Wednesday night, Sportsnet, NBC TV. Everybody had it. We had it. And this one was much better tonight. That's Court Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga here on Leafs Nation Post Game. Just getting started. Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca, excuse me, will be by uh, later on. We'll hear from Sheldon Keefe, some of the players again after this 4 3 OT loss. Again, Connor McDavid doing what he does best, not just terrorizing his opponents. Two goals and an assist, two assists for Leon Drysaddle. Another goal uh, for Austin Matthews. Willie Nylander scored in this game. Uh, not to identify some, you know, negatives in this game, but I thought in general, we just talked about one of them. Jake Muzzin had a tough night, and Pierre Engvall had a really rough night, Gord. Yeah, you're picking a, you know, a fourth-line defenseman, and you're picking a yeah. stalwart second-line defense pair. So, yeah, Pierre, Pierre Engvall, who uh, got the two-year contract last year, $1.25 million, which is... And someone pointed out to me when I tweeted about that he got a far better contract than about seven other guys said, yeah, but that was that w- that was pre-COVID. A little bit of truth to that, but, um, you know, that, that they sort of had made a commitment. It didn't really matter. They made kind of a pretty big commitment to him that way, and he hasn't lived up to it. It's kind of strange because Sheldon Keefe just doesn't seem that big on him, and Sheldon had him with the Toronto Marlies. And, yeah, Justin Hall on his 29th birthday, uh, he was covering up for Jake Muzzin, Muzzin more than the other way around. McDavid, uh, that goal in regulation time, he blew by Jake Muzzin. Another one he did as well. I mean, that's not a very exclusive club, but it's almost like when Connor McDavid's coming, you gotta, you can't do the skating backwards thing. You you, you gotta <laughs> you be, do you gotta be kind of ready just to move and, and and give it a try that way. Doesn't mean you're gonna be successful, but you know you had him twice just give you give you some kind of skate burn as he as he came by some wind burn. I know there's people out there who are willing to have that McKinnon versus McDavid conversation. I, I can't. Uh, I just think there's nobody even in the same planet as Connor McDavid. Uh, tonight was just another prime example. Y- you could tell early on that he was going to will his team to victory tonight, and there was nothing the Toronto Maple Leafs could do about it, Gord. Okay, where I get into that, it's not a disagreement because mm. the best player in the National Hockey League is Connor McDavid. So because the Ted Lindsay Award has gained prominence – you have the two. So the, the Hart Trophy, whatever it was, what a neat-looking trophy, and it always was most valuable to his team. So I would argue Nathan McKinnon last year because the Colorado Avalanche had more successes as a team. And I'm sorry, when you have Leon Dreisaitl as your running mate, uh, that's just – and he and he wins like the Art Ross or whatever. Yeah. So that's where I'm splitting. I mean, you end up splitting here. So you can say Ted Lindsay to Connor McDavid because he's voted by the other players who's the best player – most valuable to his team, which is the only sport that has the MVP basically with that little caveat. But the best player in the NHL is Connor McDavid. Yeah, I agree with you. Totally agree. And uh, I, you can give the guy the Art Ross trophy now. He's basically running away with it, and it's like three weeks into the season. It's insane uh, what Connor McDavid is doing for the Oilers. Just and his their... team isn't playing that well. I know. It, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really amazing watching the Oilers play because you know who's scoring the goals and who's assisting them, and still sometimes you just can't beat them because they're so good, and they're going to get three, four-point nights. And that's what we saw tonight. Three points for McDavid, uh, two for dry settle. Another development uh, coming off last game where we saw 11 minor penalties, gorgeous four tonight, and that Maple Leafs power play scores again, one for two, 13 for 30 to start the season is great news. Yeah, and what was neat about it was Lettinen coming up with a, a, a key key part on that power play that he was out there for the first power play and kept the puck in, uh, a difficult bounce, showed the poise that way, and then twice. I love the walking the blue line, cutting in for a good spot, and rather than winding up for the slap shot, which, by the way, guys, guys in front of that, that can just bounce off their face. They don't, they're not really thrilled about slap shots quite often. He gets the nice hard wrister, and you're going to find a lane more often than not with that than you are the slapper because just when you put your stick back, the defender can react a little bit. 
and gets a nice deflection, and that was one of those big goals. And again, I think a positive to take from this game, Gord, is the response. And we've seen this throughout this early season for the Maple Leafs. You go down 3-1, Connor McDavid's having that type of night where he's just relentless and on you all night, and you muster back. You score on the power play via Hyman. Uh, Matthews made it 3-2. I like to see that early on because that's been missing in the last couple years to me, at least. Yeah, I like that word. I like that word. You're right. There's a response because there was quite often the fold. And even and 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 again, I keep going back, and I'd love to hear Sheldon Keefe address it again. Maybe it'll be asked tonight. But just uh, I thought it was a really telling comment last year. I believe he said it twice, but just that our team lacks maturity off the ice. Risk a Sperry captain, yeah, right? Well, but but just <laughs> and and that's the kind of point about games you have, and then you then you fold, and that was that kind of maturity. The the strength was their youth, and then their weakness was the youth in other ways, and and in their first ten games. That's exactly what they've done. They said, okay, uh, goal against whatever. Let's drop the puck at center ice, and we got business to do. The Maple Leafs uh, fall to 7-2-1 and one again, but now a five-game point streak. So there goes the four-game win streak, but you extend the point streak to five games through 10. I think they would take that in Edmonton, 4-6-0 and oh for eight points. So uh, obviously a really, really strong start for the Maple Leafs to build up a seven-point gap here in Edmonton, Gordo. Well, and again, we're sort of, we're too early for must-win games, but yet because it's fifty-six games versus eighty-two games, there there are must-win games that'll creep in a little bit earlier. And we said before the night that this division is looking like almost it's going to be a haves and have-nots. That the two Alberta teams in Ottawa uh, are going to be left behind, and there'll be a chasm between fourth and fifth. Well, good on the Alberta teams tonight about you know coming back and winning um, when they needed to right now. More like the Habs and Habs not. Very good. Very um, good, yes. The Leafs losing 4-3 here in OT to Edmonton. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick still to come. Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. We'll hear from Sheldon Keefe and others. Um, so a nice little break here. They don't play till next Thursday. They begin, be, begin excuse me, if I can put it out, um, a three-game miniseries at the Vancouver Canucks at Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, and I still, you know, because you are compressing so many games, you'd like to play Tuesday, I think. You know, fly home tomorrow, uh, have an off day, one pr- good practice on Monday, you get acclimated and because you're, you're going to pay for it. And teams now that have had to, and we see now the Vegas Golden Knights, the third team that are, have had games postponed before COVID-related reasons. So we do know these gaps are were there to help make up games, but this is pretty early in the season. There's no games to be made up for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So you can only imagine if the Leafs fall into one of those and need three games postponed that, wow, really going to compress it. So, I don't know whether they need it or not. I think later on you could use it a bit more. And also you got some momentum. You're playing well. You really like to keep playing, you know, when you're playing well. So it is next Thursday. You get a break. There's not much you can do during the break. I mean, I, I, I said like COVID life is like, like living life in a minimum security prison. I've never done that personally, but it's almost like that. And this is one of your diversions we get is, is watching hockey, listening to hockey, NHL hockey. That's one of the great diversions we get to turn on the TV set in the common room there in the minimum security pen, and we get to watch it. You're right, listen. though. It, it really does feel that way at points in times, and I'm sure uh, most of these guys, millennials, will pop on the old uh, PS4, or they probably have the PS5s because they're lucky lucky and entitled, and we're not, and we don't have PS5s, but they'll play their video games and get set for Thursday and uh, a bit of a break. You know, I'm curious to see how teams handle these added buffer zones in the schedule. You know, for example, the other night, I thought Montreal was going to come out flat. They came out well against Calgary. Flames returned the favor, and they, they proved why tonight they got Jacob Markstrom who is outstanding um, coming out of that game too. And we'll get to the out of town scoreboard later on. Like you can just be anybody in this league to request a trade now. And that's not on Sam Bennett. Apparently Victor Mete, Victor Mete has requested a trade Gord. Okay. That's nice. Like 
take us back to your day. You were a GM. If, if a guy, and I'm taking nothing away from Victor Mete, yeah. comes to you and says, trade me, what would you say? Uh, I Well, I would, first of all, just tell him to get lost yeah. at first. <laughs> at first. But, it, but, but if there's some kind of issue, whatever. But once you go public with it, then you're, you know, you're, you think you're putting the pressure on the team. You know, I, I just, I don't get that at all. The entitlement these days. Yeah. Well, other, but before, yeah, I don't quite get it. Thing going public that way. What, what, what is the point? We know Vince Dunn in St. Louis, he hasn't gone public, but no. it's just that, you know, there's a feeling now that he's a guy that could be available. And, and uh, you know, so things are going well in Montreal and maybe he's not getting the role he had before. So is he the Max Domi this year? You know, Max Domi, we kind of knew that he wasn't thrilled about things and how it was going, but he never said he wanted, he, ne- he never went public saying he wanted a trade. He just, you know, guys like Suzuki and that came up and took their spots. Best thing is to go out and play your ass off and all of a sudden it becomes a foregone conclusion or else just say, look, you're going to get more back from me if, uh, if you make a trade. That's why I'll continue to have all the respect in the world for Frankie Corrado because he still hasn't requested a trade. <laughs> He's eating popcorn with us in the press box. Well, uh, Justin Hall was as well. And Justin yeah. Hall got established in the NHL, the free Frankie Corrado thing. He never really quite got established in the NHL, but he was a, he, yeah, a real, real good young man to say the least. Like, I just can't get over that, that, you know, nothing against uh, Mete, but he's been a couple years in the league and now you just, you request a trade. I don't know uh, when you get your opportunity play better. Um, again, it's a sign of the times. It's a whole lot different than 15, 20 years ago where you really had to earn your spot in this league, but not the case anymore. So we'll track those developments over the next couple of weeks. I get it with Sam Bennett. Uh, you know, a lot of players want a, a higher role. They feel like it's not working. Sometimes you just need that change of scenery. So uh, while three guys who requested trades are done, you know, we joked about this last week. You can add a couple more uh, to that conversation now. And Vince Dunn's another guy. Um, you know, I, I saw an interesting tweet today. Vladimir Tarasenko had skates on, Gord. Um, last I checked, he wasn't supposed to come back till playoff time. But I think with the Blues trying to re-sign Jordan Bennington at some point in time as a UFA following this season, they got to free up some money. And that leads me to believe that Vince Dunn's days are numbered as, as a St. Louis Blue. Yeah, well, David Pasternak played tonight. He's back a lot yeah. sooner than expected. It's incredible what can be done, you know, nowadays uh, that way. And uh, so, so that's one of the talks there out of out of St. Louis is that you know that particular thing. I'm, I'm just going back about like again go, going public about asking for a trade. Look at the Pierre Luc Dubois situation, for example. You know, and Torts is still talking about. Yeah, it. but I mean, <laughs> once that happened, it was you know, the elephant in the room. Uh, and I don't know if they're saying now, you know what, this got, this got Pierre-Luc Dubois traded. Well, Sam Bennett and, and, uh, and, and Mete are, are not, are not Pierre-Luc Dubois as far as it goes, but maybe, maybe that's the, maybe that's what they're thinking. Reminds me of that time, Leas Anderson a year ago around this time requested a trade and they didn't deal him till like eight months, nine months, 10 months later, because who are you, Leas Anderson? You're a high draft pick, but you threw a medal into the stands of the world juniors, right? So. Yeah, high first-round pick of the New York Rangers. He's with the Los Angeles Kings now, and it's, you know, one of the things, much like Pierre-Luc Dubois' father is an assistant coach for the Manitoba Moose. Uh, Leas Anderson's dad works for the Los Angeles Kings organization, so maybe he'll get a chance there. One thing is for certain, Gord, I'll never request a trade from Leafs Nation, okay? Good, I appreciate that. That's Gord Selleck. I'm Nick Alberga at the Golden Muzzy. Gord Selleck just getting cooking here on Leafs Nation. Post-game still to come. Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. We'll hear from Sheldon Keefe and others. The Maple Leafs lose it 4-3 here in OT. Connor McDavid, surprise, surprise, the winner. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Don't worry, we'll turn the lights off when we leave. But we're not done yet. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. All right, welcome. 
Welcome back to Leafs Nation post game. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick breaking down a 4-3 OT loss to the Oilers. The Maple Leafs do go 3-0-1 in Alberta. They got five days off now. They're uh, next up on Thursday night right here on Sportsnet 5-9 of the Fan at home to the Vancouver Canucks game. One of three in a mini series against the Canucks on Twitter at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stellick. Uh, Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca is coming up. We'll hear from Sheldon Keefe and others here on a 12-game Saturday in the NHL, Gord. Yeah, and one of the things as well on Saturdays, Chris Johnston joins us quite often, Luke Fox tonight, but we'll get to hear hockey headlines, him and Elliot Freeman. And as each Saturday goes by, at least it won't be like two years ago that every every week was the Mitch Marner contract. I got a little tired about that. But now, you know, just different things going. And, you know, the condensed season, the uh, disparity in salaries and that, maybe that's part of why uh, players are looking for trades because it's a, just a very unique environment. Yeah, and exactly. We'll get to headlines coming up, but first and foremost, the... Uh the post game is starting to trickle in. We hear from Austin Matthews. Austin, uh, how do you uh, sum up this road trip and the, and, and the start to the season that you guys have had? Uh, I mean, I think it was a pretty positive road trip. Um, you know, taking three out of four, uh, playing some good teams. Uh, you know, when you're playing the same team back to back twice in a row, I mean, it's uh, it's hard to win twice. And uh, obviously, that uh, you know, two in Calgary were solid, and uh, you know, would have been nice to get this one, but. I think overall, uh, some really positive things that we're doing and that we can build off and uh, just continue into these uh, these next couple games, uh, you know, get a couple days off here and, and kind of regroup. Um, you know, it's just kind of been a bit of a, a shotgun start to the season. So it'll be nice to kind of re-energize, regroup as a team and uh, get right back to it. And how much fun was it playing uh, Connor McDavid uh, two games in a row? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I don't know if I'd describe it as fun, but it's like always a challenge. Uh, obviously, himself, uh, dry saddle uh, to uh, two of the top players in the league. So it's always a challenge going up against uh, you know that uh, that amount of talent, that amount of speed coming at you. So um, you know we'll take uh, obviously take that extra point. Would have been nice to get the uh, the second one, but uh, we'll move on and uh, learn and uh, you know just continue moving forward. Thank you. Next up, we'll go to Terry Koshan, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Terry. Hey, Austin, uh, would you use the word encouraging or, or what would you use to say that? Oh, Terry, you cut out there. Okay, am I back? You're back. You yeah, good. Go ahead, Terry. Yeah, sorry, Austin. Um, seven, two, and one to start, like you say, in, in 10 games, and, and probably you guys haven't played your best hockey yet. Is that encouraging? There's still a lot of room to grow, but at the t- while you're growing, you're, uh, you know, putting wins and tonight to one point in the bank, if you will. Yeah, I think uh, it's, you know, definitely pretty positive. Uh, Ten games in, um, you know, sitting where we're at, I think, uh, like you said, there's a lot of things that we can do better. Um, I don't think we've, uh, you know, scratched the surface of the best hockey that uh, that we can play uh, collectively as a team. So uh, I think that's always, uh, you know, encouraging moving forward as we go on through the season, uh, knowing that we can play a lot better. Um, but that we're still, uh, you know, getting points. We're still winning. Um, you know, Freddie, Freddie made some big saves for us tonight. Um, you know, that last one with uh, not a lot of time left. Um, so that, those are the things that uh, you know you got to continue to to move forward and just get better in little areas and um, you know continue to to win games. Of course. Uh, would you call this a, a character building trip or a, or a trip that you go three zero and one? Um, you have the character to do that in a, in a province where points aren't easy to come by. I don't know what you want to call it, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we got three out of the 
out of the four games, uh, got the extra point tonight. Um, you know, a lot of good things that we did over the over the week. Uh, a lot of stuff that we can clean up. Um, we're ten games in, so you know we got a long long road ahead. So uh, we'll take these couple of days off, and uh, like I said, regroup, re-energize, and uh, get back to it next week. Last two questions here. First up, we'll go to Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Go ahead, Luke. Hi, Austin. Uh, goals in five straight. Where are you at with your game right now? How comfortable do you feel out there? Uh, I mean, I feel pretty comfortable. Um, you know, I think I'd like to see our our line. Um, you know, I feel like we kind of uh, we have kind of little dips, and then we have moments where where we're really on it, uh, creating a lot of offense at the own time and stuff like that. So. I think we just want to stay consistent throughout the 60 minutes, um, you know, and, and apply pressure nonstop on, on the other team and, uh, you know, collectively play in the offensive zone as much as possible. But, um, you know, it's always, uh, you know, always nice to uh, contribute, um, you know, in different ways out there and, um, you know, just continue that. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Austin, the uh, McDavid goal in the second could have been a big momentum booster for them, but you guys come back. Uh, what did you like about how the team responded after that moment? I like the way we responded. Um, you know, didn't get discouraged, didn't get down. I think we just, uh, you know, short memory, next shift, go out there, play hockey, and, uh, and just crawl our way back into it. And what did you see on the sequence with you and Mitch in the give and go, ending with your goal? I uh, just try to make a play, um, try to get a time for a quick pop play. Um, happened to come right back to me, so I'm just trying to get to the net. All right, there you have it, Austin Matthews uh, via, via Zoom, Gord. Yeah, Zoom's different. We're getting used to it, I think, but I, I, I like Austin's terminology better. They're trying to make bigger things about it. Like, is it fun? No, it's competitive, right? It's, you know, whatever. It's not, they're not, they're not playing pawn hockey with Justin Bieber. They're not in Arizona? Yeah, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and the other part, like, what kind of trip is this? Well, it's, we came back and got the point. I mean, this isn't like a watershed I, moment in I hope we play Leaf softball history. in the summer, Gord. Yes, yes. This you and I? A couple softball questions. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll be a guy. Don't use me as a pinch runner, though. But just, and it, <laughs> Third base and, coach. And, I, and I, I don't like to criticize people in our medium either, because we're, but whatever. But just, uh. Yeah, let's 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 keep things in perspective. Third base coach, if anything, on my roster. Okay, well, we'll El- start there. Elliot Friedman, when we were with the score, he was the worst third base coach ever. I hope he's <laughs> driving home and hears this. Now he's working the second game. He was terrible, Shots. and he would always want to do it. And we get mad at him, and he'd go, "Just one person." We go, "Yeah, but it shouldn't be you." You know, just kind of thing. Green light, Friedman. Sorry, Fridge. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. Leafs Nation post game rolls on a four three loss here against the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid. The uh, OT winner here for McDavid, 2-1. and one. Uh, We hear now from uh, Sokolov Zone. Zach Hyman scores on the power play. Let's hear what he had to say postgame. Zach, I'm sure you wanted uh, the win uh, tonight to uh, complete the trip, but uh, how did you feel about the goal and being part of uh, Miko Littman's first uh, NHL point? Uh, yeah, obviously we wanted to win. Um, that was a great road trip. Uh, anytime you go 3 on one on the road, it's a good trip. It sucks that we uh, we ended off on an OT loss, but uh, still a great trip for us. Um, and Miko, um, he's really good at walking the line and, and getting his shot through. So uh, we kind of told him before to if he has a shot, take it. And um, he, he found the lane, and Johnny tipped it, and then it kind of went to me. So uh, it's great for him to get his first point, and uh, I thought he played great. Next up, we'll go to Marty Klinkenberg, Globe and Mail. Go ahead, Marty. Hi, Zach. I know that you know, teams kind of usually in a normal season look at 
you know, break break it down to, by 10 games, 20 games, whatever. Um, if you look at the first 10 games, what do you think right now? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, they were all hard-fought games. I mean, I think that uh, we played in a ton of one-goal games. Uh, two of them were OT, I think. Uh, and at the end of the day, we came out uh, with a what seven and seven two and one record. So, um, pretty great start for us. Uh, we like where we're at. We like where our team. We like that we're building. Um, and yeah, it's season's a condensed season, so ten games goes by really quick. It was a pretty shortened schedule for us here. We have a little break, but um, I think we're in a good spot. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Zach, when you look at McDavid's goal in the second, is is there any way to defend that, or do you just tip your hat to one of the greats? No, I, I mean, I think that um, we could have defended it better. I think that, um, you know, I was the first guy up. I got to take away his speed a little bit and give uh, Halsey, Muzz, I think, and Mitchie uh, a little bit more time, kind of wedge him out of the middle. But, uh, you know, once he gets that time and space, um, he's a special player, obviously, so he can make moves like that and uh, – you know, I think we've played him. We've played him four times now, so uh, he's a great player, and we just got to be aware of him. I wonder how players feel, not Zach Hyman, when they are asked about Connor McDavid. Like, what do you say, Gord? If you, you know, we say that we say enough on the radio or on TV, analyzing it as a as a player playing against him. Like, th- there are no words. Like that hockey, you know, playoff commercial a couple years back. Yeah, that's right. There he's are good. No, there are no words. <laughs> yeah, there are no words. He is. Uh... Best player in the NHL. I mean, it's like when you played against Wayne Gretzky, when you played against Sidney Crosby, when you played against Mario Lemieux. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just <laughs> uh, and and tonight though you came back and tied. That's that's the thing. And like Zach Hyman says, uh, Austin Matthews had to bring it down a little bit about this isn't a watershed moment in Leaf history. But to Zach Hyman's point, and Austin Matthews would share to everybody else, this is a, this is a real good road trip. Before we get to Freddie Anderson, uh, last but not least, scored. Uh, I know Leafs Nation is anticipating uh, your final prognosis analysis on these uh, reverse retro units. Um, it's what would the uh, yeah. what would the emoji be via text? I know you're a big uh, iMessage uh, guy. It would be what most people in journalism get a C or radio, right? C minus students or something like that. It, it's uh, it, Part of it, again, we said before, every team did this. It was three years ago. This is initiated by the NHL. So this isn't like everyone had to hop on board or you're going to get left out. No, everyone chose to. And I love the Colorado Avalanche that did a throwback, go back to Nordique's jersey, for example. But you're you're starting off in a bad place for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Brendan Shanahan's made it clear as a Toronto guy, one of his biggest thrills was going back to the more traditional Toronto Maple Leaf jersey. He'll talk about that all the time. That's one of his biggest thrills mm-hmm. as president of the Toronto Maple Leaf. So, yeah, you throw that out tonight, and uh, it's uh, it, 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 it just pales by comparison to what they normally have. So uh, I am I really don't care as much, so I'm not giving the big thumbs down. I'm not offended by it, uh, but it's nowhere close to the other Maple Leaf. Some people seem to really take offense by it. Well, yeah, I was going to say, in case you missed it, it's 2021 where everything offends people and you're just going to have to deal with it, especially on Twitter. Uh, but I, I think it's an easy fix. Uh, first and foremost, you can't have dark on dark numbers. And number two, I don't know when Gray entered the equation for the Maple Leafs jersey. I got to got to look back in the history books for that yeah, one. But just yeah, substitute yeah. the gray for the white and we're good to go. But you're totally right. Who cares? As long as they win or get points, who cares? They get one point here, so we're going to mark that down. Uh, in the plus column for the reverse retro jersey, as we hear now from the number one netminder, Frederick Anderson.
Freddie, just kind of want your thoughts after uh, after ten games, uh, a four game road trip that was pretty successful overall, and where where you feel your game is uh, as you go into like a three four day break here. Uh, I feel I feel like it's been good. I think uh, I'm. Uh... I feel like I'm moving really efficiently. I think after the first few games, figured out a little bit how I'm supposed to play uh, and how I play my best. I think uh, I got back to that uh, a little bit more in the, in the last few games. And um, so overall, I think pretty good. I think we we, we got to be pretty happy with where we at in the standings, and um, and we know we can we can be a whole lot better. So that's uh, that's a positive. I think uh, touching this this road trip was was good. I think we'd have liked the the, the last point, of course. Um, but yeah, overall, pretty pretty successful. I know you want to stop every puck, but uh, are you going to look at the at the highlights and, and see what uh, McDavid's able to do? Because uh, there's almost no stopping him sometimes. Um, I'll, of course, I'll break down the game and uh, and and do my do my video and, and see what I can do, could have done differently. I think uh, um, I think we've shown um, a lot of positives uh, shutting him down, especially and and containing him as much as possible obviously he's a, he's a great player where if he uh if he does create that space and, and speed for himself i think uh obviously he's showed uh um just how good he is but um but i think we've showed we can can do better uh and, and do really well against him so there's uh yeah so lots lots of positives okay there you have it freddie anderson his scrum following this one via zoom of course 27 saves but he's been really really good lately gord yeah. Really good early on. Some big saves early and then a huge save the last 10 seconds. So he's been the big guy about finding ways to get points. No doubt about that. Let's bring in now Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic here on Leafs Nation post game. A 4-3 loss here in Edmonton for Toronto. Uh, again, Connor McDavid, the OT winner. Luke, uh, thanks so much for hopping on here. It was just one of those McDavid nights, wasn't it? Was it ever? <laughs> I, mean, what, I mean, what a show that I put on. That power play goal, wasn't that something? Ooh. Just going through everyone. Um, you know, uh, and the Leafs were offered a chance to say, you know, you just got to tip your cap to McDavid. He's having one of those nights. But but I kind of like that they didn't. You know, Zach Hyman said, I got to get more of a piece of him there as he kind of winds up. Um, Freddie Anderson said that he could have come out of his crease a little bit more and challenged him. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of like the fact that they're not just conceding that it was all McDavid. But as a spectator, um, you just got to say one of the – the best players um, the sport has seen to put on a, a fantastic show and, and dry too. He made two beautiful passes. Um, the first one to Cahoon and, and the, the winner to McDavid. I mean, he, he's right there with him in our trophy race. Yeah. And you know, we're going to there's lots to be positive about the least being down three, one and getting a point. But one thing, you know, Nick picked up right away, uh, that goal end of the first period, uh, Tippett quickly saw like two fourth lines out there and he put McDavid out with his, right? And all of a sudden that just changed the whole dynamic and they got that goal with 14 seconds left. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wonderful give and go. Uh, captain of the Oilers working his magic behind the net. Um, you know, kind of a little bit of shade to Gretzky, that beautiful pass. Um, and that's what you got to do, right? I mean, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, you got to double shift your superstars um, and puts it right on, on the tape of Archibald and he buried it. Um, you know, the Oilers kind of controlled this game. I honestly think um, the Leafs were, were lucky to get a point, and they end up with seven out of eight on their Alberta road trip. And if, if you were to give them that going in, into the trip, they'd take it every time. So, uh, you know, uh, great match of superstars. And this is kind of the mat, kind of the, the matchup with Matthews scoring a pretty goal, too, that 
that we thought we'd see earlier. We didn't think it would take till four four games into the Leafs Oilers uh, duels that, that we'd see a, a show like this. Yeah, thankfully, it's been a role reversal from the first couple games at Scotiabank yeah. Arena, more uh, uplifting, high-scoring type games the last uh, you know three and four here in Edmonton. Uh, Frederick Anderson, um, you know, it's unfortunate they couldn't reward him in the end for that massive save on Josh Archibald with like 10 seconds remaining, but he continues to be very locked in. Again, I, I think you're totally right. He's the main reason why this game, uh, the least walk away with a point at least. Yeah, I mean, his, his reward is a point, right? The, the game was on Archibald's stick and, and he came up big. Uh, if you look at his numbers, like his, his save percentage, I know it was it was below 900 going into this game, but his coach is much more happy with him. Uh, we were just talking to Freddie, and he says that he is starting to feel his game uh, is a lot better than those first two games. And I think the uh, the lack of exhibition, I think, hurt goaltenders more than it hurt um, skaters. And uh, Freddie has been quick to admit that. And I think he, it took him a couple games to kind of get into his groove and he's he's looked a lot sharper you know he's looked calmer in the net um he's not giving up too many juicy rebounds and one thing we have to recognize when evaluating not just just freddie but all the goalies in the north division is this is the highest scoring division there are a lot of finishers in in canada uh the the top sixes of of most teams are deadly so um this is a this is a tall task these guys uh, are facing night in and night out now luke it's the old it's still early now it's not as early when there's 56 games compared to 82 games but calgary wins tonight and edmonton as well but if toronto and montreal had won you're starting to create a create a bit of a have and have not chasm though in in the uh, in the Canadian division because uh, there would have been quite a gap between fourth and fifth this early on. So give give Calgary credit against Montreal and, and Edmonton credit for not having that occur tonight. Yeah, no, absolutely, um, and we we see it like happening to some teams already. Like you look around the the league, uh, the East Division, the New York Rangers are are at six points. And Washington Capitals are up top with 15. Like exactly what you're saying, it's kind of it's getting late early. Like uh, these points are going to be hard to to make up. And Sheldon Keith is very cognizant of that. He, you know, he talked about that um, both today before the game and yesterday on their practice day. Kind of like, yeah, we're rolling now, but things can turn fast. So you have to you have to keep winning. You, if you're you're on a losing streak with this all division format you have to turn that around fast. Um, and, you know, the, the Calgary Flames especially, they needed that one. I mean, the fact they called a, a players-only meeting and uh, Elliot Freeman was on was on headlines in the intermission saying Sam Bennett has, has pulled a Pierre-Luc Dubois and <laughs> demanded a trade already. Um, you know, th- the tension seems higher this year. Like, uh, Travis Konechny was healthy scratched in, in Philly today. Like, I don't know, the, the tension about, you know, performing and and uh, the urgency just seems ramped up around the league with the 56-game season. You're right. Uh, definitely a different type season uh, via Elliot Friedman on Twitter as well. Claude Julien saying Josh Anderson was pulled from the game with uh, flu-like symptoms, tested negative for COVID, will be tested again tomorrow. So we hope for the best for the Burlington boy there. Luke, thanks so much for this. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great night, guys. You as well. That's Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. I'm Nick Alberga, joined alongside Gord Stelic. We're going to hit the break. Other side, you're going to hear from the head coach of the Maple Leafs, Sheldon Keefe, a 4-3 OT loss here in Edmonton, 3-0-1 on this Alberta road trip. You're listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. 
For a meal like that, you deserve a little dessert. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. It is Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you here on Leafs Nation postgame following a 4-3 OT loss here in Vancouver for the Buds. They're still 7-2-1 through 10 games in this early season at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. As promised, we hear now from the head coach of the Maple Leafs, Sheldon Keefe. Curious what went into the decision to have Jake and Zach were the A's tonight and, and who were the decision makers on that? Well, it's something that we've... It's been in place for quite some time uh, before the training camp even began. We had the discussion, uh, well, long before camp, we had discussion, myself and Kyle and, and Shani, but had the discussion with the players uh, before camp began. Uh, you know, my, my take on, on last season and getting to know the players and getting to know our leadership group, um, it's it's very clear that, you know, that Hyman and, and Muzz are both uh, – big parts of our core and big parts of our leadership group. And uh, I think our established captains recognize that as well. So, you know, this just looks like, or just was a opportunity um, to recognize that. Uh, and I just thought, you know, it makes sense with the, uh, with the additional jerseys that we wear. Um, just for myself, with all the teams, for the most part that I've coached, uh, I believe in a, trying to recognize a larger group um, than just what you're allowed in a particular game, be it, you know, a C and two A's. I think you need to recognize more people than that um, when you can. So it's a chance to do that. Next up, we'll go to James Myrtle, the athletic. Go ahead, James. Hi, Sheldon. I was just wondering, you know, you're 10 games into the season now, you're 7-2-1. and one. Who's been the biggest pleasant surprise on the roster so far this year? I really wouldn't say it. we've had any uh, surprises. Uh, you know, I, I think the guys that we expect uh, to be good have been good. Uh, I think that we've gotten good performances from you know, the players that have come in here that we're just getting to know and are still getting comfortable you know, with our system and with their surroundings and their teammates and all those kind of things. So I, I wouldn't say there's been uh, real, uh, really any pleasant surprises. I think, you know, we've, we've met expectations uh, in a lot of ways and there still remains many areas for us to get better. Next up, we'll go to Terry Koshan, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Terry. Sheldon, what does it say about the group? Um, you know, you've said a few times getting, uh, the group to play its best hockey and knowing though that exhibition games, that's not going to happen right away. But uh, what does it say about the group that you have won seven of 10 to start? And I don't know, you want the second point tonight, but you do get uh, uh, one instead of none. Yeah. You know, I thought our guys, first of all, just on tonight did a really good job. You know, we haven't played, we haven't played from behind, uh, you know, really, I guess since the first game of the season. Uh, uh, and then, you know, maybe the, the Ottawa game, you know, I think that's a little bit of a, of a different type of game, but the games that we've been in here of late, we've, you know, we've, we've, we've had the lead and then, you know, gave up the lead and then had to get it back again to get our wins. But today was a little bit different. We had to push back and it was similar to what other teams have done to us on this trip. And we've had leads and they've come back and we've had to find our way to get a win. Uh, so I was happy that our guys did get rattled, uh, you know, at the end of the trip. That's gone very well. And when fatigue is definitely a factor here with the way, that, you know, it's been a long road trip. It's been a busy stretch to get to 10 games here. 
the guys pushed back right away and squared the game away. And, and I thought we were pretty good again, in the third period didn't give up very much, you know, obviously right. With the exception of right at the, at the buzzer, basically with that uh, point saving save by Fred, uh, we were good there. You know, then the overtime is, I mean, overtime is what it is, right? We miss, we miss our breakaway and then they come down and score on their two on one. That's sort of the way overtimes go. But, um, in relation to the 10 games, uh, we obviously feel really good about the results that we've gotten. As I said before, you know, we, uh, we still think we've got uh, a lot of areas we can continue to get better in. And that's, you know, that's exciting for us as a team. We've got a chance here now to take a bit of a breath, uh, four days, four days off. And then what we'll do is we'll take tomorrow as a full day off. And then, um, our second day, uh, Monday, we'll have, uh, just some optional uh, stuff for those that haven't played as much, uh, excuse me, mandatory stuff for those that haven't played as much, but optional for those that have played a lot. And uh, there's a number of guys I, I would like to just stay away for a second day as well. And then we get uh, two really good practice days before it heats up again here for us. So we have lots to, to continue to work at in my mind in a lot of ways. I think just the way this lines up here, uh, we didn't get a traditional exhibition season, obviously, but in my mind with the break here coming now, I, I think it's sort of a turning of the page in, in some senses where we've, you know, we've got a pretty good sense of what we are as a group and where we need to go and grow and get better. And we expect uh, to, to bring it to another level when we come back to play after this break. All right. We have two more questions here. First up is Kevin McGrand, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, just a quick word, if you could, uh, Miko Lettinen gets his first uh, assist tonight. He's playing a little bit more. Did you see anything more out of him tonight than, than you have uh, earlier in the few games he's played? I thought, once again, he looked really comfortable in the power play. Uh, did a good job of delivering that puck to the net. Uh, it worked out well for us. You know, I think at that five-on-five, five, uh, again, it's tough to, to find him much rhythm here playing on the road and you know, they're they're doing their best to get favorable matchups and they're looking for it and you're trying to protect them and keep them away from two of the best players in the world. Makes it hard to find much rhythm there, but um, you know, I think he's you know, he still still uh, still doesn't look comfortable out there. Um so, you know, we've 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 put him in two of the last three games uh here and give him give him that opportunity and now we have a break and we'll continue to work with him and some some uh, areas of development where we'd like to see him uh, really get better. Now that we've got lots of lots of uh, examples and film of him playing in the NHL and and where we think he can get better, and you know we'll uh, we're hoping and expecting for continued progress there. All right, there you have it, Sheldon Keefe, nine hundred nine of ice. By the way, for Miko Lettinen in this game, picks up his first uh, career point on a power play point. Zach Hyman's goal there in the second period. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic. We'll wrap things up after this here on Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan trained professionals help you come down from the high of the game here on the Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Time to wrap things up here on Leafs Nation postgame following a 4-3 OT loss here in Edmonton. The Maple Leafs now head home for a, a mini hiatus. Next up on Thursday right here on Sportsnet 5-9. The fan beginning with Leafs Nation pregame on the Sportsnet Radio Network. It's game one of three in a mini series against the Vancouver Canucks scored. Yeah, don't look now, but uh, a bunch of Vancouver Canucks have wake, woken up. JT Miller, uh, 
uh, Elias Patterson, Brock Besser the other night. So uh, they had been struggling early. They still have a, a lot of injuries and weakness. They're kind of thin on the decor, but uh, entertaining team. Like, I mean, you've got Toronto, Edmonton, Vancouver, I think arguably the most entertaining teams. Montreal is battling to be the best team uh, in the Canadian division. So Leafs get a bit of a break. I, th- I said earlier, I think they'd rather play Tuesday and just kind of keep at it this early in the season, but we will have the game on Thursday. And Gord, you talk about prevailing stories on this 12 game Saturday in the NHL. The injury bug has returned. Peter Mrazek, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, Chris Latang, and now Matt Dumba leaving the injury tonight. Yeah, that's unfortunately the realities. And they all look, look significant. Mm-hmm. Zidane Chair took a puck his first game against his old Bruins team from Pasternak. He came back and played. Uh, the other part you, you mentioned earlier, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Alexander Ovechkin, all scoring in overtime. That's real cool. They can't escape each other, can they? <laughs> no, no. I mean, the three, it's just nice having Ovi back as well, even though the Capitals did well without him. And we were just talking earlier, Sam Bennett apparently wants to be traded and others out there. And Travis Konechny, a healthy scratch. Guy's got five goals, three assists, and he's a plus five in eight games this year with Philadelphia. He scored 24 goals each of his first three seasons had was almost a point a game pace last year. So, wow, I'm wondering, is there a bigger story about that? But, yeah, I was saying early on, teams seem to be, I'm not saying panic, but there's kind of a sense of urgency that you, and the Flyers aren't like in the basement or anything like that. So it's just interesting some of the things that are going on. Alain Vigneault saying that he didn't appreciate or think much of uh, the five-on-five play the last little while for Konechny, and that's why he uh, elected to bench him for this game. But it didn't matter. Philadelphia actually wins that game, Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess it's the and Konechny's thing is he'd been one, he'd been one of the best five on five players early on. He never got on the power play his first couple of years when bigger names like Matthews and McDavid and others were getting on power plays with other teams. And I know Luke talked about it early, just the intensity. It's got a different feel this year. I don't know if it's a schedule. I don't know if it's the times we live in, but there's a lot of pressure and a lot of people. It seems. Yeah, really are, really are, and uh, especially this year, COVID year to make the playoffs. Like there's just it's financial, but it's also psychological you know what i mean you want to you want to have something good you want to give your fans something good and canadian division as much as anything i mean they're going to be two really pissed off fan bases ottawa's expected but the other two that don't make the playoffs this year and we get it again on thursday coming up it's the maple leafs and uh the vancouver canucks can't yep. wait for that one coming up on thursday for gord stelic i'm nick alberga many thanks as well to luke fox sam mckee and josh santos you've been listening to leafs nation post game on sportsnet 590 the fan